Welcome to the Crypto Campfire. They washed their hands before it was cool. Mitch and the Professor. Featuring special guest Josh McIntyre. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto Campfire Podcast. This is the Professor. And Mitch. And today we're going to be talking with Josh McIntyre. Before we start talking to Josh, let's grab that crypto news from the Crypto Gym. Thanks, Professor. Hello, Crypto Campfire listeners. Welcome to the Cryptocurrency News in a flash with the Crypto Gent. Elon Musk voices support for Dogecoin after recent Bitcoin bashing. Major cryptocurrency exchanges lament outsized scrutiny from US IRS and Facebook changing course on Libra offering more inclusive wallet. That's the cryptocurrency news in a flash with the crypto gent. And it's back to you, Professor. Thanks a lot, crypto gent. What's going on, Josh? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's really great to be here. Yeah, man, we're looking forward to it. Before we get into Chain Toot, I want to know a little bit about you first. How did you get into crypto? Yeah, so I, um, I'm a big sort of just general tech nerd and I'm a software engineer by trade. Um, I, I started learning how to program sort of by myself in high school and, and work in that like frontline help desk job. So I already had that kind of Linux, you know, hacky sort of set of values. And when I heard about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin my freshman year of college, I just got really interested in exploring that from a technical perspective and had a professor, uh, Dr. Serapelia, that really pushed me to pursue that. So it was great. You know, I, I kind of grew up with Bitcoin in a lot of ways because I was just getting into it as a, as a young programmer. And then as I started developing myself as an engineer, learning more and more about it and getting to the point where it was something that I wanted to teach as I was learning along the way. And that's why I started, uh, started Chain Tutorials. That's awesome. I really love that attitude. And I don't know if you've ever heard any of our shows or not, but Mitch and I are 100% on the path for education and adoption. And, you know, we love the tech behind what's happening. And it's just, it's not all about the markets. It's not all about chasing those green candles. As fun as that is, there's so much cool stuff happening that you have to step back from that. And you have to look at what's going on. And you got to tell people about it. And when I ran across what you were doing, I don't remember how this podcast, actually, I think Rebecca might've hooked us up with this, but um, when I saw, I saw your Twitter profile and saw that you were doing that with the tutorials and, and just trying to get education out there for people in an easily digestible manner, that's like, that's our thing. We love to see that. So, so kudos for that. Well, thanks so much. And I'm really glad to hear that because you use the word that I try to use all the time, which is, which is digestible, right? I'm a very technical person and um, what I'm trying to do though, is reach an audience that's really broad. So I want to have some tutorials that reach people that have very little technical background. I want to have some that are for my fellow engineers and for everyone along that spectrum, I'm just trying to put information out in a way that's digestible so that, so that people can understand it. Cause I'm, I'm one of those people that I just really, really love to learn all the time and constantly be just tinkering with things. Yeah, having those having those resources out there, you know, has been useful for me when it comes to learning how to code and learning about Bitcoin. So I thought, you know, I have this passion for learning. I have this passion for explaining things. There's there's no reason that I can't start something where I try to put my own perspective and, and spin on these topics. 
I love it, man. I love it. That's pretty sweet. I mean, I, so do you have any background in teaching or is this just something you're like, you know, I got a skill, I got some talent and I think I want to share it with people in this fashion. Is, is that how you got to where you're at? That's pretty much it. Um, I don't have any formal education in education. Um, my degree is in computer science and my, my focus and my learning, you know, as a, as a young professional has been on software engineering and computer science. But it's one of those things where, you know, I guess there's kind of the stereotype of the engineer that's a little bit more heads down. And I really peg myself as somebody that's uh, a people person, even though I'm in that field where I'm a little bit more behind the scenes. So I just kind of wanted to leverage that skill set. I, I just love interacting with people. I love sharing things that I'm passionate about. And so I thought, why not use that skill set and try to help other people learn too? Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. I, you know, I, there's so much to learn it, it, just in life in general, let alone uh, technologies and, and cryptocurrencies now. And, you know, you look at what's happened within this space over the last eight to 10 years, it's been pretty incredible in comparison to the previous 10 to 20 years. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. As things evolve and as things grow, they start to grow exponentially. So, you know, what used to take 10 years now takes four years to, to make it change. Um, so that plays a lot in how fast we're evolving technically. Yeah, I agree. I mean, people make a lot of comparisons between cryptocurrency and the, in the internet. And I think that in a lot of ways, those comparisons are pretty apt because we're in that young first 10 years of the internet stage where it's still a lot of people that have a little bit more technical knowledge because you kind of need it right now. But every day I'm loving the improvements that we're seeing in, you know, user interaction with these tools that are out there, the new use cases and ways that people are applying blockchain to their lives and cryptocurrencies. It's just totally fascinating. And I feel super lucky that I am getting in kind of the ground floor and just getting to enjoy the ride because I'm a, I'm a little bit on the younger side. You know, I was, um, I grew up just past or the age where the internet was booming. Um, I mean, I'm 25. So the late nineties was a little too young for me to really be a big part of that boom. But now I'm getting to go on that ride with the internet of money instead. And it's just, it's exciting. I'm constantly fascinated by everything that's going on and it, it just enjoying it. You know, it's, it's awesome to hear that. I mean, when you said you were 25, I was, I was thinking, you know, probably early thirties based on your demeanor um, vocally and, and how you carry your, present yourself. So yeah, it's actually pretty impressive for youth nowadays, um, you know, in their early twenties, to carry themselves in such a way. So I commend you on that, sir. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of what you are putting forth. Well, thank you. I got to say that that really means a lot. Um, I just love the fact that we are really in a day and age where we have the tool set as, as young people and as old people as well to put ourselves out there in new ways. You know, it used to be right. If you wanted to get out there in mass media, you had to have credentials you know, you had to find somebody at a TV organization or a news organization that was interested in what you have to say. And now I started this simply as a side project, as a blog that I spun up, a, you know, a website and, and a YouTube channel. And 
that's how a lot of people are growing tremendously in all kinds of spaces. Uh, some of the big inspirations for me to even do this, you know, outside of the crypto community, like Andreas Antonopoulos, or even uh, YouTubers and other subjects that I like. I mean, I watch Learn Engineering, I watch Engineering Explained, uh, Regular Car Reviews, you know, all these sort of interests that I have, where they're just people that just started creating content because they wanted to. And it's nice that I didn't have to put any significant financial investment in it. All I had to do was sit down and apply a passion that I have and use these platforms to get it out there. You know, it's amazing seeing the change that is happening in the world, like, like Mitch touched on with the, the age thing, right? Like you said, it's always, you've always had to have those credentials established already, which means that you had to be somewhat of age to have earned that reputation. You know, news and travel is fast. You didn't have the ability to just put your information out there and have it be seen. Like today, you can go on the internet and put anything out there that you want. And if it has enough importance and the message delivery is consistent enough, it will eventually get out there and a hell of a lot faster than it would have 30 or 40 years ago. And so we're going to start seeing a massive shift, especially in politics, where right now, I mean, realistically, the, the younger generation has more power than the older generation from an information standpoint. But they are so limited by the older generations running the government and their lack of understanding causing them to implement these crazy regulations blocking the advancement of technology just because they don't get it. So as soon as those people start shifting out of their positions and the younger ones start shifting in that, you know, by then are going to be still somewhat middle-aged, but you know, 30, 30, 35 ish, rather than like the average age being 60. And they're already tech minded, they already understand how it's important that we need to advance this stuff and how we need to back it with the government instead of fighting it. And as soon as that happens, then we see a whole new level of everything, because then the whole tech sector can just evolve at that exponential rate that's coming, you know, we're still at the knee of the curve. When you start talking about the electronic technical revolution, that's happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And, and one of the interesting things, too, that I think I've seen in the, in the tech community is, uh, you know, I'm a believer in, you know, you should maybe work with government and, and we should have, you know, a good dialogue amongst the different communities in our, our broader, broader uh, global society, right? But one of the interesting things about technology is it's also really good at subverting the powers that be uh, when that needs to happen, Right. I mean, many of us are interested in cryptocurrency because we don't like the, tra the traditional banking system. We're in cryptocurrency because we don't necessarily have faith in our government institutions and the broader technology as well, like the internet. People don't have faith in news agencies anymore, or, or at least a you know, broad set of people don't. And technology is evolving in such a way that you don't have to have permission to do the things that you want to do and put out the media that you want to put out. These blockchains are permissionless. The internet is largely permissionless. And that gives a, a lot of power to people that don't come from traditional backgrounds that just want to put information out there. I have a question for you. When you think of cryptocurrencies, do you think of it as a currency or a speculative instrument? 
So I am very strongly biased towards the currency side of things. Um, you know, I, I, of course, largely believe people should do whatever they want, but my focus is very much on the technology and then the impact that that has on finance and society. So I, I actually get a little bit irritated just from a personal perspective when I see people get so involved with the markets and the speculative side of things and, you know, seeing Bitcoin as this, this way to make money and, to me, the power of the technology goes so much deeper than that. And that's not to, you know, virtue signal and say that, hey, I don't like money and wouldn't like to have, you know, the little bit of cryptocurrency that I have turn into a lot more value. But to me, it's just kind of boring. Like if you're just sitting there watching the price go up and down all day, you're missing a, a lot of broader points that this technology, you know, can make the broader impact that the technology can make. I totally agree. You know, I, I was going to, this is why I brought this up. You know, I, I'm all about the, the, the currency side of crypto. And, but to me, I find it's more about the freedom and it's more about, um, you know, giving back the control to the people of their, of their money, you know, and we all work hard every day to earn this thing called a paycheck. And, you know, so much of that paycheck is given up on a daily basis, whether you're in the United States or, you know, every country is a little bit different, but, you know, being from the U S I guess I can only really go with that. Um, so it's, it, it's challenging. And to think that 40% of my time is spent so that certain individuals in Washington can go golfing on a, on a, you know, on a whim and fly across the country. Um, I, I use that. It, it's kind of, it's just really frustrating right now with the way our government has been ran. Um, so, you know, I've always said I'm not anti-government, but I'm anti-control. I believe we all need to be uh, a governed society. We need some kind of, um, you know, guidelines put in place that that keeps us, keeps us on the straight and narrow, so to speak. But uh, beyond that, I think, I think we need to change that control. So I, I guess I look at cryptocurrencies as just that. It, it gives us that power to do what we feel is our, what we feel we need to do for our financial freedom. I, I love that you really apply that term of freedom, right? It, it's, I, I use the term that um, has been suggested to me, might make a good book title someday, maybe, um, digital sovereignty. Oh, that's beautiful. Cryptocurrencies are, are taking um, us back to a cash society, but in a digital way. I mean, the whole paradigm with the cryptocurrency, the whole way that the system is set up is it's like digital cash. You know, we have largely evolved in our society to give control to the banks. We use debit cards and credit cards and, and I use them daily too. But this is putting the hand, the power to control your own money, to truly own your own money and not have somebody else that's trusted hold it in custody for you back into the hands of the individual. And, and I think that's a very powerful thing because you know, I'm with you too. I have a, a sort of a weird, interesting, you know, constantly evolving set of personal politics. Like I peg myself as a left libertarian. You know, I, I, I am not um, 
the pull yourself. Yeah, I'm not like, like the pull yourself up by your own bootstraps type when it comes to all things. But when it comes to like personal freedom, I'm like a total psycho libertarian on drugs and, and borders and that sort of thing. So like I love things <laughs> like this and I'm drawn to technologies like this because they put the power back into the hands of individuals. And again, before I got into cryptocurrencies, I, I kind of had that set of values because I love things like Linux and FreeBSD operating systems, you know, truly free and open source content licenses. Like all of my stuff is Creative Commons and BSD code licenses. Uh, seeing browsers like Brave come out and Firefox that are trying to let people control yes. their own data again. It's not even about you shouldn't be able to make a choice to use a product like Google or, or some other product that, you know, takes a lot of data about you. What it is, it's about choices. If, if people want to use products yes. that are more convenient, but they give up some of the privacy and control, that's okay. I mean, I, I live a very balanced technical life in that sense too. But there are critical things where I think it's really important for people to have the choice to control their own data and information. And there's a lot of things that I do in my digital life because I spend so much time online and on a computer where I want to have my own control over things. And that's just, I think, the broader point about the evolution of te this technology that's so interesting to me is you install an application on a mobile phone, you write down a secret seed phrase, and you truly own your own money in the digital world. It's incredible. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's absolutely uh, empowering. And, you know, there's, that's a very strong word if you think about it, empowerment. Um, you know, it, it's just, why is it, well, no, you know what? I don't want to go down that deep of a hole, but <laughs> it just gets frustrating. And I, I tend to ramble when it comes to, uh, I'm not a very much, I'm not very much into politics, never really have been, um, until probably the last year. And my depth of politics is only in disgust. It's not even about support of so <laughs> we're going to move on from that. I'm sure the professor has something spiking right around the corner. Oh yeah, totally. I've got the most exhilarating segue you're ever going to hear. So, nice. uh, but no, um, empowerment is a good thing to talk about though. I mean, because the concept of knowledge being power and knowledge empowers you, you know, once you know a little bit about the technology, even, even the not super deep stuff, you can understand how it works on a basic level and understand why your money is safe and why it can't be changed with limited exceptions. And that's an empowering thing. That's a very important thing. So Josh, what kind of tutorials specifically do you offer? I know you offer a lot of different education levels for people of different experience levels, but um, what do you focus on the most and like what kind of categories do you span? Yeah, so the broader thing that I'm trying to do with my tutorials is not to tell people about just the parts of Bitcoin or more specifically the applications of cryptocurrencies that I think are interesting and useful. It's to teach them the technology. It's to teach them the properties of cryptocurrencies so they can take that knowledge and find their own use for it and their own application for it. So what I'm doing, my regular online tutorials, I make an article and then a video for the same topic. And they're usually breaking down different parts of the, the system from a technical perspective. So for example, I just put out a tutorial on private keys 
and why you can't just simply spin up a computer and brute force private keys to steal people's money. I have tutorials on the different address encoding formats so people understand what that string of random numbers is. Um, I have tutorials on proof of work. I've done a lot of work on you know, understanding proof of work and how that allows us to have a system that is trustless. So those span a broad level when it comes to more technical, more non-technical, but they all focus on really breaking down the system so that people can understand how it actually works. And then more importantly, understand the properties of these cryptocurrencies because of the technical aspects. So for example, I, I tell people a lot when I actually speak in person at, at colleges and meetups and that sort of thing, you don't have to be someone like me. You don't have to be a computer scientist or a software engineer to just understand a little piece of, say, proof of work. If you just understand enough about proof of work that you know and you trust that that system is decentralized and it's censorship resistant, you now understand why blockchain is powerful and how you might be able to apply it to some topic that interests you. So that's really what I'm trying to do with it is, is give people a level of knowledge about the systems so that they can go on and find their own applications for it, apply the use of cryptocurrencies in their daily lives or to their work organizations in a way that benefits them. It's really important that you break them down like that, but also kind of keep them from going too deep because otherwise you get into a situation where you're like trying to explain bubble sort to somebody, <laughs> but instead of using like beans on a table, you're like telling them all about variables and, you know, swapping positions and shit like that. And it's like, uh, you gotta, you've got to put it at a level that can be, again, back to the word digestible to the people that need it the most, you know, cause like the people like you and I, I'm, I'm a developer and, you know, so it's kind of like the same concept, the, the way we look at things, you know, we we're excited to dive in and learn more about it. And if it's hard to understand, we're going to keep reading and we're going to keep researching and we're going to keep playing with it and breaking things until we figure it out because it's exciting but the majority of people are going to want to use this and they're not going to give a crap about what's happening under the hood. So it's really critical that they start understanding the basics. So also so they can protect themselves. So I love that you're doing it that way. Yeah. Thanks. I, I just, I want to be useful, right? I, I do it because I really enjoy it. I mean, I, you know, I take time around my many other hobbies and interests to make these tutorials and it's just, it's really enjoyable every time somebody, you know, says, Hey, good video, good tutorial. I, I found this useful. And that's, that's really exciting. Again, that's kind of the power of this online mass media and the ability to just put information out there. It's like, I'm not necessarily somebody that's, I, I don't peg myself as a cryptocurrency expert at all, but I'm somebody with a particular skill set and a really deep interest in it. And so that allows me to just learn and teach along the way and just share that with everyone. That's so cool. So <laughs> I, we, we got something going on here. I'm having technical difficulties, but I am. Uh -oh. My my screen is just like all like vibrato. It's really weird. Um, let me ask you this. I know we're, we're on the topic of, of, um, you know, the technical side of things, but why cats over dogs? <laughs> <laughs> I was not a pet person at all growing up. My, my parents were like the type that were, were too busy, they smell, it's a lot of work. And then right after I graduated high school, my dad and my brother were coming home from golfing and found a two-week-old kitten in the middle of the road. And 
like my dad, my parents are just the coolest, sweetest people alive. Of course, he had to just help this animal, even though he knows nothing about cats. And um, yeah, then my parents had a cat. So uh, cats kind of wormed our way, uh, wormed their way into our lives. And now my wife and I have four of them. And I don't know, I just like them. They're fun. They're also assholes, mine included. (laughs) You know, I've had both both cats and dogs. Um, You know, I grew up with dogs. And it wasn't until we put the last one down. Actually, before we put our last dog down, we had gotten a kitten. And uh, it's just a, it's just an odd story, but my the, the kitten grew up to be a cat. The two were like best friends. Um, the neighbor's dog killed my cat. And then it was like... And then you killed the neighbor. Yeah, right. It was about eight months later. I had to put my dog down. And then about four months after that, we ended up getting another cat. And, you know, that cat was really cool. She's a love. And um, and then about, I think it was about eight weeks ago, 10 weeks ago, we got another cat. And he was uh, actually a homeless, a stray. And uh, a friend found it and ended up giving it to us. Um, but he is probably the best, right? And it's literally been 10 weeks and they are just now starting to get along (laughs) where they actually tolerate each other. It's funny, but I don't know. There's just something about, you know, both and both breeds, you know, having both dogs and cats. Um, I, I really couldn't choose between one or the other, to be honest with you. I, I, I like cats for their independence, but yes, they can be assholes. Um, dogs are just dogs and they'll always be your best friend. There's not anything you can do to a dog that he would like not want to greet you when you come home. So it's, it's a tough one. It really is. That's like totally my take on cats is I always, I always tell people dogs are like infinitely loyal, no matter what cats are kind of a fun challenge because you got to earn it, you know, like I'll admit I am a total sucker for my cats. I mean, I am, like the least manly when it comes to my cats. I like got to pet them and give them a little forehead kiss before I go to work in the morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Same here. It sucks, and they're like, <laughs> but you and our cats are like, they're all super friendly and they're like that. Like I think, you know, there's always going to be some cats that just have that aloof personality, but I feel like with cats, you kind of earn their loyalty and then they're almost dog-like in the way they act. I mean, two, there's at least two of ours are really friendly lab cats. Uh, one of them would like crawl inside your face if he could. He, he won't leave my wife alone. They're just they're <laughs> funny like that. They're funny animals. Yeah, especially when you get them as strays. I think you know they they just they have that sense of loyalty because you know they feel loved now. I, I think they know. Like I really think they know. Our our one that we just our last one that we adopted is five years old, and he was in a foster home for a really long time. Surprisingly, because he's the friendliest cat ever you know maybe his maybe his age or something you know some people insist on kittens for some reason but he is just he's like oh my mom and dad they love me they feed me (laughs) right oh geez (laughs) what what breed is he he is a long-haired gray cat he almost has that like russian blue coloring and fur type but we don't know i mean ours are all adoptees and sort of mutts so I, i wouldn't have any real data on it we got a standard, she's pretty much a standard cat and he is a standard house cat and he is a, um, 
Mancoon. He's really cool. Oh, those those guys are cute. They're huge. No, he's not really big. He he must be a runt because he's probably yeah. He's not really. She's bigger than he is. You know, and he's he's not really big, but he's gorgeous. That's just crazy, you know. But when we got him, you could literally see his bone. I mean, he was that, you know, um, distraught and that thin from malnut, you know, malnutrition and stuff. And um, I couldn't, you know, it was really weird for me. I couldn't leave his side for like the first two or three nights I slept on that couch and he slept on a bed on a little cat bed next to me, you know, and it's been ever since then the bond anyways. Okay. I'm getting freaking mushy. Let's get into something stupid. <laughs> you don't want to talk about cats more. Okay. Fine. No. Fine. We won't talk about I'm cats. Mushy. Okay. Here we go, Josh. What's the most fun you've ever had doing something outside in the rain? Oh, outside in the rain. Yes. Okay, well, can I pick a couple? Go for it. Because I'm, I'm a better. huge, I am super into being active. So, like, outside of being, you know, a desk jockey for my job, um, I have skied in the rain, I've mountain biked in the rain, I've camped in the rain. Um, I have not done hockey or jujitsu in the rain yet, but I'm sure that would be interesting too. So, yeah. Really inter- hockey in the rain would be hockey uh, in the rain would be interesting. Hockey in the snow is a lot of fun. We I, I <laughs> yeah, played my yeah. first couple outdoor games this year. And being out in the snow and it's 20 degrees and the ice is really good and you're out with your buddies. Now that is a good experience. I bet. I bet the two best kinds of bad weather hockey must be ice hockey in the snow or roller hockey in the rain. Roller hockey in the rain would be interesting. I think you'd do a lot of falling in that case. There would be a lot of falling. There'd be a lot of splashing. There'd be a lot of pissed off goalies. Skiing in the rain is like, (laughs) skiing in the rain is fun because it's hard to not have fun skiing. But I will say it sucks because all the gear that you're wearing, like all your insulating layers, you put on about 20 pounds and wet weight during the day. So you don't, you don't last long those days. No, definitely not. That would be, but then again, it's just not that much different than water skiing other than the ice cold everything <laughs> and then you're naked uh you know just getting blasted in the face my first thought was to be like riding a motorcycle in the rain but then of course you'd have goggles on you know you probably should have on a motorcycle but do i do that Fuck no. <laughs> just just drive down the highway and then get there and really Dude, wish you know that this thing's like a bitch when you're riding your motorcycle in the rain like riding down montana highway in the dark and you hit a fucking June bug in the chest. <laughs> in the forehead or the chest? The chest will knock the wind the chest, out of you. But yeah, it wasn't fun. <laughs> That's why you never smile when you're riding your motorcycle. No, and you, you know the bikers that had a good time when they were on the road. <laughs> yeah, right. Until by their teeth. <laughs> so Josh, am I correct in understanding that you work for Microsoft? I do, yeah. I'm a full-time software engineer at Microsoft. Woo-hoo! That's awesome. Awesome. Um, I'm going to need to get your cell phone number and put you on speed <laughs> dial so you can fix uh, everything for right? me because I'm an IT yeah. manager. Windows and Office are usually the bane of my existence, but, you know. Unfortunately, that is not my department, but... Uh... <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Even if it was, that was a good answer. <laughs> Uh, so what, what do you actually do if you're able to talk about it? Oh, yeah. So I work um, broad, broader division. I'm underneath Azure Storage. So I actually okay. worked for a startup company called Avere Systems that was, that was based out here. We do the best way I can describe it quickly is it's like a, um, 
a file cache that sits in front of your like cloud storage or or on-prem storage and lets you get fast access to your data. Okay. So um, that company, Avere, was acquired in 2018, and we became part of the Microsoft family. So it's been it's been really cool. Nice. That's awesome. What's your Bitcoin price prediction for 2020, Josh? Oh, geez. I have no clue. Um, yeah, I honestly don't. I, like, I pay so little attention to really the market side of things. I, I couldn't make one. I will say that I am generally pretty agnostic, but I'm also a fan of Bitcoin Cash. Hopefully that's not a not too much of a downside. I'd love to see that nope. grow a little bit just because they're so focused on the currency adoption side of things. So I guess if I had to make one, I'd say Bitcoin's probably going to hang tight for a while. And I'd like to see maybe BCH, Litecoin, Ethereum come up a little bit because they're just, I think they're all interesting projects that are focusing a lot on utility and and uh, that's what I love. So maybe just maybe just wishful thinking more than than informed prediction. Yeah, you know what? That's fine. I mean, probably better anyway. Yeah, right. We we all have our you know ideas on what things could be. Um, you know, I I don't know. I not very much on on price predictions. I would have to say. I would have to say 2020 Bitcoin somewhere in 2020 is probably going to hit eh, 18 to 20 grand. I would imagine. Um, and that's if we come out of this, if we come out of this slump we're in, but you know, like you said though, it, it's, it's all about the utility of things and, and looking at Litecoin and Digibyte and um, Ethereum. Yeah, you're right. And it, it's a really refreshing actually to talk to developers Um you know, I, I'm just your average Joe. I'm, I'm your average guy that, you know, I'm a carpenter and technology is probably one of the last things I've learned in my life so far. Um, the last two years actually. So, uh, I have a hard time keeping up with you guys sometimes, but you know what? It's fun. Yeah, it's cool. And, and I love seeing all the, the community of developers and I constantly see people posting new things that they're building and, and that's one of the things too that I try to to be, I guess, a, a small positive influence. And there's a lot of antagonism, and I think a lot of infighting in the crypto community that isn't particularly good for the community. And right. you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, I'm holier than thou and more professional than anyone else." But I, I really, genuinely try to be somebody that just respects different opinions and is interested in what people have to say and build, and and let it all wash out in the marketplace. I mean. I like honest bias. I, I like Bitcoin cash. I'm not really a huge fan of the direction that Bitcoin has taken with lightning, but, uh, and sort of the, the very restricted block size. But I talked to people that are hard at work on lightning at one of the conferences that I taught at and they're great people They're It's really cool. And I'm really supportive and interested in their work. And like, I wish more people in the community were just excited to talk to other people and let them be excited about what they're excited about. You know, and, and that there, sir, is what you call maturity. It really is in a nutshell. It just, it just is that there's no way around it. That right there is maturity to be able to allow someone to have an opinion, let them voice it and be okay with it. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's also an important thing to note too, is that you sometimes have to be kind of open-minded minded and separate the people that you see involved with the project from the project itself, like Bitcoin cash, right? Like 
it's just so clouded with the stupid bullshit drama, you know, of the people that are, are backing it. And so that just puts that negative thing out there. And some people can't separate that. So like, you know, the first thing they do is they're like, well, fuck it. I will never touch Bitcoin cash because of Craig Wright and or Roger Ver. Well, use case is always going to be use case. And if something doesn't have a use case, it's useless. Sorry. And so, you know, that being said, you know, mine's better than yours, whatever. Grow up. <laughs> I mean, that's always good logic too, you know. When, when all else fails, yeah. just go on crypto Twitter and be like, you know what, fuck all of you. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> we do that so often. Yeah, right. I know, right? But yeah, well, I, I got to say thank you guys for the kind words. You're, you're giving me a lot of warm fuzzies tonight, and I love it. Uh, that's good, man. Warm fuzzies are important. That's right. That's right. That's what this shit's all about. It's all about having fun and it's all about community. I mean, without community, none of us would have anything to, to, to interact with on a daily basis. We wouldn't be without community. We wouldn't be building shit for people, right. To use, um, without community, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have anyone to share stuff with, but I gotta say, this has been a really unique podcast because it's been really level. Um, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, development. We talked a little bit about what you're into. We talked a little bit about yourself. Um, it's been a really good podcast. We do need one closing question. And, and that closing question, I, you know, I'm struggling with this. What do you think, Professor? You, you, don't, you don't have one? I could pick one from the question box. Yeah, pick one from the question box. All right, let me pick one from the question box. Here we go. I'm ready for anything, boys. You ask me, I got an answer. <laughs> oh, here we go. We got the question box. Let's, he uh, usually comes up with some doozies. Here we go. We have, if you could create the ultimate sandwich, what ingredients would you put in it? <laughs> oh, geez. People are going to hate this answer. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like kind of boring. And, you know, I went like vegetarian a year ago. Like I'm kind of a sucker for the salad on the bun move where you just have lots of interesting veggies and like way too much ranch dressing and hot sauce, you know, <laughs> like homemade <laughs> buffalo ranch. So nice. I guess that's what I'd go with. I, I realize that that is probably going to be an unpopular answer, but you know what? I'm sticking to my guns. Well, I tell you what, every time I go to Subway, my wife tells me I get a salad on a sandwich. So, you know, I guess right? we can kind of be in the same thing, but the difference is I love, I'm from Montana, born and raised, so I could never go without meat, meat you know? Gotta have my I don't meat. have a problem if you don't like, shout out to Clint Westwood. He's about the coolest vegetarian I know. But, uh, yeah, right. you know, but I like to have a big ass pile of meat, but I also love having a huge ass stack of veggies. Cause I, I also love like, I don't know, there's something oh, great yeah. about veggies. I love salad. I love Roasted ranch. I veggies. Love, I love buffalo and ranch. So, I mean that plus a little bit of chicken and I'm, I'm all in, man. Mad respect. I would have to say, you know, those, you know, those big, um, mushrooms, those real big ones, they're probably about yeah, four or five inches in portobellas. Yeah like four or five inches in diameter. One of those on the barbecue with some, um, with a little bit, with a slice of mozzarella, slice of provolone and some green pepper and onions. Oh, oh, oh my God. That's just, okay. I haven't eaten yet today. So 
I'm going to get off this call and go grab oh. me. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure, you run away now. You're going to go, I don't even have any food here. I'm going to have to go order something. You're killing me because I got done with uh, jujitsu class uh, right after work tonight. I've actually, it was actually my one year anniversary of starting that, which is kind of cool. So I am nice. hungry. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, I am only vegetarian because that's for taste reasons. That's just what I like. So you're not getting the vegan stink eye from me on uh, loving your meat. Right. All, all respect. Right. Man. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm, I will never judge somebody for what they enjoy. It does not affect me one bit what you like to eat. And even if you did hate me for eating meat, so what? I'm going to go eat a steak if I want. So There you, you know. go. Where are you from, Josh? So I will say just part of that last answer, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where um, nice. legit the first day of deer season is a, a holiday for, for students in school. And, uh, you know, somebody's got to kill and eat those deer so we don't end up hitting them all with our cars. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a Pittsburgher born and raised. I, I love it here. It's a great place to actually, uh, you know, grow as an engineer because we've got a big tech community and it's cheap. I can have a house instead of a cardboard box for three grand a month. Nice. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Have you been to Rebecca's meetup? Oh my goodness. Of course. So if I can tell you a quick story, because I think you'll like this. I interacted with Rebecca and Laura Taylor on Twitter before they did their first meetup. And I said, oh, this is so cool. I want, you know, I want to be a part of this but I can't make the first one because I'm going to be in Denver for the blockchain training conference. I was, I was teaching a workshop there and um, kind of bummed I was going to miss the Pittsburgh meetup. Well, they had to move the meetup um, to a week later. So I got to go. I, I'm, one of, I'm like the first one in the door besides those two. And I said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm Chain Toots on Twitter. And Laura goes, we were hoping you would come. Like, we need a tech guy. And I was beyond <laughs> flattered. But like, I just showed up and introduced myself and they were all excited about it. So yeah, yeah I'm, so cool. I, I'm a, I'd like to say I'm a part of their meetup community. I get to kind of be the unofficial tech advisor along with uh, another great guy, Alex, who's in our area. And um, I really, really love those two because they have done so much for me to help me get what I'm doing out there. And they're just some of, I think the best community builders on the planet. And uh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very thankful for Rebecca and Lauren what they do. They're they're both yeah. amazing people. They really are. Have you had a chance to hear the episodes we did with them? No, but I I definitely need to check them out. Yeah, I'll link you to them after this. You know, people say that oh you're 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 all attached to the Litecoin family, and it's like you know what? To be honest, I'm not partial to any token. I'm not partial to any coin, but family. I'll tell you what, I've met, it just so happens that I've met some of the best, closest friends in the Litecoin community. Now, call it coincidence, call it what you want. The universe has a plan. So we'll see what happens next. But you know what, Laura Taylor was brought into this picture for a reason. And Digibyte is solid. Um, Verge is solid. So I see a lot of, I see a lot of uh, upturns here in the near future. So, and I'm excited. And this was really a fun podcast to do with you, sir. Well, thank you guys. I had a blast and uh, you know where to find me. So, you know, anytime you want to chat, I, I genuinely enjoy doing this sort of thing. And yeah, I, I hope, uh, hope it was good. Awesome, man. We'll definitely have to do it again.
Heck yeah, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. I had a really great time and uh, appreciate your time and, and uh, hope the podcast keeps growing. Thank you a lot, man. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. Yep, you too. Dang, we should have told him to subscribe to the YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Shout out to Rebecca for scheduling this podcast for us. This was an amazing episode. I really yeah. love talking to Josh. Yeah, I did too. So yeah, big weekend ahead. Uh, coin flip, going to go hang out with the boys. Check out some crypto ATM action. Hell yes. Um, other than that, that's all I got. That's all I it's got. Just, that's all you got. That's all I got. All got. I got all kinds of shit. We're not even close to done. We need to tell you about coin flip a little bit more. Make sure to tell you yeah. that you need to to go out there and use one. If you if you have one in your area, look coinflip.tech, check out the map, put in your city, see if you've got one close to you. I don't give a shit if it's 300 miles. Get out there. Use yes. the ATM. And we would really, really love it. We already love you, but we would love you even more if you would take a video of you using a CoinFlip ATM. Honest feedback, but the, I think they have really awesome service. They've got good fees. I'd, I'd love to see you use it, hear your honest opinions, and tweet them to us, right? Let us know what your experience is with these. We'd love to share it with the team at CoinFlip. You know, dude, everybody I tell, I, I said, hey, you know, you could buy crypto from a from an ATM. And they're like, what? Where? Right. I pull up CoinFlip ATM, and there's like, they're all over the place by me. And I'm like, yeah, look at this. I said, you can go right over here and buy some. Exactly. Most people don't even know they're a thing. Exactly. Exactly. So that's been really helpful. And, you know, they got the best customer support now. It's, it's incredible. They're awesome. And you got the best customer support because you know us. So you guys can just tweet at us. You know, we, we may not be right? able to troubleshoot it, but we can pretend like we do and tag, tag Dustin. So. Yeah, we can put you in the right direction. That's for sure. Exactly. That's Johnny Litecoin sure. doesn't have anything to do with this. It's just Mitch. It just no, happens. No. It just happens. Yeah, it just happens. Every now and then. It just happens. <laughs> so the question Guys. box, the question box. We're going to cover this super fast. You probably have to piss because you have to at the end of every episode. But <laughs> Well, that's because the beer goes through me so fast. Exactly. <laughs> so we were at the hardware store and I had a podcast coming up. This was two episodes ago. I don't remember which one that was. No, it was just... The, the one up, it doesn't matter. We're at the hardware store and they had these boxes called chat pack and they're just little cards with random questions on them. Really? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I mean, I know I have an internet full of random questions, but I'm not really satisfied with any of them that I found. So let's give this a shot. And so I picked the one that says chat pack for kids because obviously that's going to be the best. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I don't want none of that grown up adult question bullshit. No. So, you know, there's some like loaded questions, like what are three specific things that you think make our country such a great nation to live in? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But then there's some, then there's some really good ones, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on that note, you guys have yourselves a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Peace.